But uh, I, I do that for the, basically for the reference of when I do talk to people, they're like, oh, well, who's who? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. That makes sense. This one's that one. That one's this one. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. So you're 19 now. Wait, did we go through high school yet? We kind of not really. Yeah. So we're we're in high school and you're getting. You're starting to write your songs. Yeah, I'm I'm getting worse grades in school. Mm. I'm starting to write music, and for then I mean I had no clue what I was doing. I was just screwing around, just jamming out, minding my own business, and eventually, I mean it was like right after high school, started getting involved in a couple bands here and there. I worked actually at a camp um, up in the Poconos called Twin Pines, and the first band I started was a little punk band with his kid Tim. He actually had a, I forget what the name of his band was, but he was doing a little touring back in the day. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that was, the stuff he was playing was a little heavier. Yeah. Um, like metal heavy? Man, I don't know if it was that heavy. Not that you'd know this reference, but there's a band called Blindside. It's like a Christian hard rock band. But they have like this mix of like really heavy stuff, some screaming, lots of singing. I guess you're saying kind of yeah. like a mix, of all that. Yeah, kind of like genre a, of music that is kind of like an under oath type thing. Yeah, like, a little bit. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're saying a little harder. I guess that would be a better reference to make because because they, they were yeah. Christian. Yeah. Now Augsburg Red says that they're supposed to be Christian too, but or when they came out they were. But yeah, that man, I remember seeing them back at New Holland Park. Really. Yeah, I, 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 I was like 18. Damn, I saw them Chameleon Club on tour. That was my actual first ever concert was August Burns Red. Really? Destroy the Runner and Haste the Day. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was at Chameleon Club, my very first concert ever. And it was, it was awesome. That's quite the first concert to go see. It was, man. <laughs> you know, I was really a, fa- a fan of Haste the Day, and that's all Destroy the Runner. And they, I was like, um, but it was always burned dreads first and they were they were cool they, I mean obviously back then they were still like a local band yeah but man did they kill it they had such good energy man and I had been to like some festivals and stuff like that there's a big a, a big Christian festival called Creation oh. so I had gone to that since I was a kid but my first ever actual like concert concert yeah that I can remember was uh, Doobie Brothers in Chicago you went to Chicago for it? No, no, no. Doobie Brothers and Chicago. And man. Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said in Chicago. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, no. I'm like, God damn, man. I mean, that would have been wild. <laughs> like, that's a hell of a way to go a little, for first concert. A little unnecessary. Yeah. And Chicago. So yeah. they played the same show? Yeah, they played wow. the same show. Yeah, it was wild. That was a good one. one that's my cool. aunt, my uncle, cousins. Dude, that'd be a crazy, like, a crazy I mean, show. Nothing, like, being like, like a 12 year old kid and, you know, Seeing women flipping their shirts up at concerts, you're like, "Whoa, this is what that's pretty nice." Here? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, probably not so much for the Doobie Brothers, but maybe for I don't know, but for Chicago, I guess. I yeah. See that? Yeah. Um. Shoot, what did we just talk about? Oh, per, uh, creation. Have you ever heard of? It's long gone now, but there was a there was a festival, a Christian festival called like Purple Door, or yeah, something, dude. and that was in uh, Ski Roundtop, I think, in Pennsylvania. Yep. I went one year. It was that was cool. That was fucking yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if that if I was just if I thought I remember. Yeah, dude, I remember. It, it was wow, real. Purple Door. Whew, haven't heard that in a yeah. while. Yeah, this was when uh, they had bands like I mean they're very very like I don't know 
like underground, obviously, but they had they had some interesting bands back then too. Yeah, Switchfoot was there one year, which was really yeah. cool. But yeah, I just I don't know if that was an, if I was thinking that or if it really happened. Actually, one of the bands that I had seen when I was really young was Reliant K. Oh and I yeah, think, dude. Um, Matt Thiessen is actually coming to town on the twentieth or something like that. Really, for like some emo night. Dude, we, uh, when we played up in Boston, Reliant it was it was us, and then it was the blues. Some the blue it's uh blue some kind of blues house House of Blues. That's what blues. I said. Some Thank kind you. of blues house. <laughs> <laughs> it was House of Blues right next to us, and Reliant K was playing there, and I was like, I'd rather go see them. Like let's <laughs> yeah. let's go hang out there. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm surprised they're still doing their thing. I mean, I don't know if the whole band is or not. I know Teeson is still out doing okay. stuff. Yeah. I actually got on stage with them once. Yeah? Yeah, I think it was uh, at Lehigh Valley College, like in their gymnasium or something. I don't know. Wow. It's like some small arena up there that we okay. were in. And uh, we had, I had bought seats for myself, my sister, my cousin, and a friend of ours. Yeah. So... Took the girls to the show, and the tickets I got were so crappy. <laughs> and I mean, I couldn't I couldn't have bought tickets in like a worse spot. Yeah, we were all the way up, way in the back, second to last row, in the dark, like in the farthest corner. It was just, it was not good. It was looking good. Yeah, and, well, like, and there was like a designated <laughs> spot next to us, and it was just. Oh, man, these people, we got to get away from them. Oh, yeah. So we had to go to the floor. We I went to the floor, and I, at some of those shows, you could get on the floor for free. Mm-hmm. And they'd have, like, the front where you'd have to buy. Yeah, yeah. Back. You'd yep. get, well, this one you had to pay to get up. I bought four new tickets for us to go down there. Jeez. And my sister's like, hey, well, now that we're down here, usually Reliant K is like, hey, we're going to bring up a volunteer to play guitar or something. Maybe you can do that. What? I was like, ah, they probably won't do that. No way. Yeah, then then we're standing up there, and he does this volunteer thing. He was kind of funny about it because like everybody raises their hand. He's like, "I didn't even tell you what you're volunteering for. <laughs> you could stick your hand into a meat grinder. We all gotta have your ground up hand for dinner. Like, put <laughs> your hands down." So, I end up standing on some guy's shoulders, and I'm 15 feet away from Teeson, having like a personal conversation in front of 15,000 people. He's like, "All right, well, if you think you can do it, he's like, I can do it upside down, blown fuddled into my sleep." Let's go. So he calls me up, and then I get a tambourine. Oh, no way. <laughs> I didn't get the guitar. I got the tambourine. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all right. There's a video of me somewhere. I'm just kind of standing in the back all slouched. Like, what am I going to do with a tambourine? As soon as it started playing, I came out. I'm like jumping up in the air, do, slapping do you know the what tambourine. Show, what song it was? Sadie Hawkins Dance. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I played tambourine on that. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Yeah, that was pretty wild. That was a fun experience. There's a video. I mean, you can see in the back, Matt Hoops, the guitar player. Mm-hmm. He's like sitting in the back jamming. I'm like jumping up and down, getting people to jump. He sees me acting wild. You can see me. He's like, all right. Absolutely. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's cool. I love that. Hell yeah, man. So you, so you play kind of like this emo punk through high school, right? Yeah, I mean, I went through a couple different phases. I tried to play with rock band, tried to play heavier stuff. Yeah. And then as I started writing more, I started actually inadvertently writing more country-based music. Yeah. And some of it was, I'm 
I was always telling stories through what I was doing. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it. And other people would be like, you should probably just try to write country music and not maybe not like this. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah, no one knows what they're doing, man. No one knows. No one has a fucking clue. Oh, I stopped. I quit because I was so sick of dealing with people. Like, I, I was done. Yeah. I was over it. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go play open mics. I'll jam around campfires on my own business. And if I go play a gig somewhere, so be it. But yeah, I'm I'm over this whole trying to work with people thing. And I just got fed up at one point. And then I decided to bartend at a music venue, which is kind of what started all of this. Start all of what? Me getting back into music again and actually okay. wanting to take it seriously. Where? How, how long do you think you took a break? Yeah, maybe about almost five years. Yeah. From what age to, to when? In my mid mid twenties to like close to thirty. Yeah. So you what were you doing in between then? Were you still did you I was getting in trouble. <laughs> you know, doing dumb stuff, landing on probation. Yeah. Getting into bartending, which is if you invest yourself into that world, it becomes a black hole. Into bartending. Yeah. Like if you be if you become invested into the service industry, that becomes your life. Yeah. While you're there and then while you're out, because those are the people that also have off at times. So you're doing things with those people all the time. Yeah. No, so that's a great way to put I it. I kind of turned into a bit of a monster at that point. You know, it's just, there you are, single, mm. bartending. So it's just, there was a, a few years of black hole there. Yeah. You know, then that, getting into more trouble. That is a tough job, man. I was supposed yeah. to move down here nine years ago. Ruined that with a DUI. Mm. So that was kind of like downward spiral. Just keep going. Everything was downhill from there, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So you eventually wake up one day and figure stuff out. It's just whether or not you choose to do something with it. Amen to that. So, you know, I was I was given an opportunity at Reverb Yeah. by the owner. He called me out one day and said, hey, I got this opening slot for this guy named Upchurch. Do you want to open for him? He goes, you talk all this crap about how you write, how you play. So do you actually want to get up and do it or what? And I was like, no, I'll open for Upchurch. All right, let's go. Yeah. I didn't have a band. I didn't have nothing because at the time I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I was just, you know, full of hot air. Yeah. So I had to I had to back that up. So I was, you know, I was talking my shit. I had to back it up. Yeah. Got a hold of my buddy Eric. And, uh, and still at this point, I didn't do it myself. And some of that comes with like just being scared to do things yourself that like it might not work or whatever. But I also wanted, I wanted to work with someone. I don't know. I just wanted to work on a band level more than just my solo name for, for a while. Yeah. But we did a duo thing. Worked out great. We had a lot of fun. And that's how I ended up meeting Tony. Uh, he was playing in a band called Grexon and brought a couple of his guys with. I brought a couple of my buddies into it, and Eric was kind of the glue that brought us all together for that one. Eric? His name's Eric Lansner. Okay. So our the mutual friend between Tony and I is actually what linked us up. Oh. And then Eric fell off. We played another show a year later, same venue, different band, and we just kind of kept going from there, and I'd keep bugging him, and he stopped playing with one band and then eventually stopped playing with Grexon. I'm like, yeah. Tony, yeah. now I can give you something to do. Because I never really wanted to push forward and be like, all right, let's make this a legitimate thing. 
Yeah. And then eventually it worked out. It was just like, I'm not happy that he's not playing with these guys anymore because he enjoys what he's doing, but I can at least give him something to do in place of that. And I love working with the guy. And it turned out, you know, it learned how to sing real well, does great with backup vocals. I mean, he's a killer guitar player. Boy's got chops for days and loves noodling around on every kind of tone possible just to mm-hmm. make sure it's dialed in just right. And I'm like, all right, I see you, boy. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely does. So you got out of high school. So like mid-20s, in between then and then, what were, what were, were you just working? Working, yeah, trying much. to play play some bands then? And then you got into the bartending industry, service industry, and got this black hole. Yeah, yeah. Then the you got hole. back in. Black hole phase. You got back into it. And yeah, take it from... So you got back into it, and then where, where'd your inspiration to want to actually try and do something more than just a show at Reverb? Uh, I had recorded some things in the past, but it, you know, just in somebody's house. It wasn't a serious studio yeah. by any means. And I also wanted to go beyond just a local studio that someone has that knows what they're doing but your master quality is going to be much different. Your post-production is going to be a little bit better because these guys have been doing it for longer. They do have guys that come into the studio. Yeah. I wanted to go to a certain place and get that experience just to experience it and see what happens. See if I can make it happen. Yeah. And I just, cause I also, I also had people asking me for music of my own. I was like, I don't have any. So I really think that that was the thing that kind of kicked me into gear was people asking me about my music that I didn't have. At the time. Makes sense. Yeah. So I decided to go to a, a more professional studio. Um, worked with a guy up in... Oh, I was up in the Poconos, too. I guess I like going up there periodically. It's not a bad place. No, it's nice up there. <laughs> but it's Sound, Sound Mind Studios up in uh, up in Stroudsburg with a guy named Dan Mausch. The dude's great. Yeah. Absolutely. He's hysterical. I love absolutely love working with him. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's great at what he does. One of the bands he just had um, had done an album for, it's called Gojira, and they just blew up. Really? Yeah. What are they? That's like heavy stuff. Heavy? Yeah. Hard rock, metal. Hey, man, they're good. You know, that that scene is picking up again. It really no, is. It, I mean, it's, it's always been there. It's just seeming, it's, it seems like it's coming out into the open a little bit more. Yeah. All, I mean, all the scenes have always been there. It's just what people want to, are paying more attention to, it seems. Yeah. Or like what's blowing up more in like pop culture ish, you know how like Motley Crue was, they were like rock back then, but that was pop culture like pop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were popular back then, and now it's like you know, now it's kind of country. Country's kind of pop culture right now. Maybe it goes. They, there was a moment when it was like rap, like early two thousands. Again, it's just kind of like what the media and what the popular culture I'm just, says. I'm is, waiting for the second yeah. ska movement, man. You know, I think I actually think that is one of the movements that never stops. <laughs> you mean never got started? It never, yeah. Either never got started or never never stop. One of those two. I don't know. What, what would you call Sublime? Because they kind of had it, but they were like one of those outliers that you're like, I don't know how you made it on the radio, but here you go, and you had your own side. Maybe you know how like country right now or a few years ago into now country used to be a catch-all 
and now it's split into a bunch of subdivisions that could be like ah oh, that's yeah. more like harder country that's what maybe that's what happened with rock where rock was used to be this catch-all for anything that had like drums in it like heavier drums really <laughs> and then it kind of split into its own its own like a bunch of different shit so now you have like yeah. emo or like ska or they were always a thing but maybe they just like didn't get defined because it seems like if you look back at the bands back then it kind of sublime kind of seemed an outlier in a way oh, they're definitely different yeah but being different when you're set apart like that yeah it's kind of a nice thing i mean shit look at dave matthews man just, oh, man. He's got his own cult. Like, he doesn't need... Yeah, for real. He doesn't need openers or anything. He doesn't need a label. Well, I mean, the uh, guy's got enough music to play for, like, six hours straight. I don't even think... I think he makes up... He's got to be at the point where he just makes up songs. Because people <laughs> are probably so baked and just gone at his shows that they're just like... Oh, my god, This is my favorite it's song. so easy to get contact high at those Dude. things. <laughs> Everyone else is just like, I love this song. He's like, I just wrote this now. Like, <laughs> I wrote this about a... A cup on the coffee table. How many albums has that guy written at this point? I don't know. Probably. I'd have to. I'd have to check that out. I got to check that out. I later. wonder how much he's written in general. Because how do you even start one of his fucking songs? Like being that that mind, right? Obviously, drugs are probably involved. How do you start and end a, a song? Go through like you know, his songs have a lot of complexity to them. I would oh, say. Yeah. It's like, how do you start and be like, oh, I want to go here, and then I want to drop down, and then bam, and then, okay, at this five-minute solo, Yo, he's got to have this. big hands, too, because playing some of that stuff. Does he? I've never tried to play his stuff. but, but. Oh, No, there's some of that stuff's just no fun. I can't make reaches like that. Just like, mm, nope, nope, can't do that. He's the, it's good. I've heard he's amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, got definitely be. definitely a wild show. He could probably play a whole day of just his songs nonstop. I mean, kind oh, of for thing. sure. Like, yeah, they're a very good jam. That's band like Chris Stapleton, man. That guy's got catalog. That's so huge. I mean, I'm sure tons of people do. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that Chris Stapleton is he same thing. I know what you mean. Like he plays songs all day where I get Chris Stapleton, his songs are, you know, like three minutes, whatever. Dave Matthews' band's been well, like yeah. 10 yeah, minutes. You, you got playing. seven to 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, Chris Stapleton could go on and on all day for songs, and he could sing the alphabet, and we'd probably listen to it, you know? <laughs> a, B, C. He's like, God damn, Chris, take me home. Yeah. <laughs> so you get into Up, up Church. Did you... uh? That was like the first, that was the show that you were like, okay, I want to start playing more or at least writing country or. I don't even know if it was necessarily, I mean, that got me back into it. it yeah. It, my attention was there. So uh, naturally I started playing more yeah. and just doing a little bit. And then I just happened to step into another show. So stepping into that other show and getting asked for a second time a year later if we had music available to listen to that was of our own oh, and not yeah, having yeah. that, that's then when I ended up going to that studio, recording two songs, not knowing what I was doing. Did he have player, players or was it just acoustic? Well, I took Tony with me and I took the banjo player Chris with, who also played keys. He did some keys and some stuff too. So he did banjo keys. Tony was playing all the guitar parts. Mm -hmm. And then he had a guy... Dan had his own guy that was there. He had a, a drummer come in, 
And then AJ was kind of like a utility guy. So he'd add guitar parts and, and help work out some some licks and some little guitar like co-producer hooks. type deal. Yeah. Yeah, he'd play bass, do whatever. Yep. I mean, not that Dan couldn't do some of that stuff, but AJ was real good with it. I forget who he toured with. I don't know if it was like, I think he toured with like Bon Jovi or something like that. Damn. So, I mean, he's... He's done some other things too as well. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he was really great in the studio. Just knew what he was talking about. It's actually what got Tony started on his boards. Really? He was getting ready to go all analog and all that and ended up getting that AX8 to start. Hi, baby. How's it going? Working on that tan. Woo. Hmm. Oh. So now he's, now he's got his barrel and that's where he got that from was AJ in that studio. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. Those are nice. Those are those are definitely the way of the future. I mean, it doesn't mean that analog won't have a place, but as far as far as touring acts go, unless you're old heads, you're you're dumb not to get one of those because you're set up. You're, the just, name of the game is easy, efficiency, time. You know, like you yep. got to be ready to go on and off, and the less you have to do, the fucking better. He can walk in with a guitar and a case and be ready to go. It's the easiest thing, man. It's beautiful. So you start playing more shows with him, and then... Well, after we recorded that in the studio, uh, was actually when I met you at Showdown in the Park. Is that where? I couldn't remember if yeah. CPMAs were first, or... I that was that was later. Yeah. Because we... And it was... I mean, when we met, it was more of like a, hey, how you doing? Yep. Yeah. Good job. We lost to a kid with an acoustic guitar kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Nate's a good kid. Yeah, Nate's a cool guy. Yeah, Hope to see him down here soon. I think he'd be coming down soon. But yeah, it was it was showdown in the park that uh, that we ended up meeting there briefly, and you got a hold of me to come out and open up for something somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm trying to think, was that the Blarney's one? If. Yeah, that's when you came out with Roll then. On. I think you were doing like okay. a Roll On release. Yeah, it was. Who was the girl that? I felt like I had a girl open up then too. Eric Keys was there. Eric, did he play? Yeah, I can't fucking remember. Yeah, Eric played before me, and then I played, and then you did. Was it Eric? Yeah, Maybe it wasn't a girl. I can't. Can't remember. Blarney's was fun though. I like. I like playing at Blarney's. Yeah, so then we then what happens from there? So you record two songs, record two songs. We go do that opening thing. Tony and I keep playing. Just start doing a couple other things. Got a second DOI in the process of actually recording some more music. Oh damn! So after that, I shut down completely, and I was just like, I'm done with everything. My life's over. Oh no, what am I gonna do? So you know. Ended up talking to a buddy of mine. He was like, dude, you're just not acting like you, man. You need to get your head out of your ass and, you know, act like you're still alive because you kind of are. Yeah. Well, that's a good so, friend. Yeah, that ended up working out pretty well because then I started working a little bit harder at some things. And I know initially Tony was just like, oh, man, here's this guy again. Guy's up and down. What does he want to do? Does he want to do it or not? Yeah. So, I mean, it took a few months. And he'd come over, we'd play a little bit, we'd do some videos or whatever else. Um, and then 
Steve Wargo got a hold of me. Mm. I had like an old account. I didn't even know it was still up there on like, I think it's called Band Mix. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one where it's like... You can put your information up I, yeah. to see if anybody's interested to play or whatever. Yeah. So I had an old account up there. Well, he it showed that I had a message. I ended up getting a hold of him somehow. I think I had to pay to like see the message or something. Oh, I was yeah. like, eh, whatever, I'll check it out. So I ended up talking to Steve. He said he was interested. He liked what I had going on just with the songs that I had posted. And we had... I wouldn't even call it a practice. It was more like a run through of some songs. I was just like, all right, fellas, here's a list of songs. We're going to play these. Yeah. So me, Tony, and Steve got together at Tony's parents' place in the basement, and there we are jamming a little bit. I think we went through like every song once, maybe a couple of songs twice or something. Typical but, typical cover gig type so stuff. This, was, you gotta, this is COVID time. So this uh, is yeah, yeah. 2020, so there's really not much going on anywhere. Yeah. So it's not like we can get out and play right away, but if we could practice, get ready to go. True. And Ben Byler hit me up and said, hey, you know, do you want to come do like this acoustic thing over at this diner? They have an outside tent. Oh, yeah. So I went and did that with him. Yeah. And uh, I said to Tony and Steve, I said, hey, trial by fire. They're going to have, you know, an electronic kit there. We can just go out there, do a little trio thing, have a little fun. See what happens when we all play together in front of people. Whatever. Yeah. Be a great place to sound like crap. D- yeah. Hey. <laughs> you need those. It didn't sound terrible. I mean, yeah. Steve having to play on that electric crit was not fun for him. Yeah. I put him through the ringer on day one, you know, playing at a diner on an electric kit in a parking lot under a tent. So. Yeah. Here, worst Damn. case scenario, I'm going to give it to you day one. Let's see if you want to hang around me or not. Yep. Dude, absolutely. You want to know the ones that are like... <laughs> Fuck it, man. Let's just so, yeah, do it. man. Yeah, if you're looking for perfection, obviously this. I'm ain't glad it. Steve stuck around yeah. after that because it kept us going, leading into the end of 2020. Was the when end of 2020? Yeah. You hit me up two days later, after we played that Friday. You hit me up on like a Sunday. Yeah. Was like, hey, I got all these dates. Would you oh, be yeah, interested yeah. in in yeah. coming out and playing? Yeah. And I was like, well, let me talk to the other guys, but I'll be at all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll do all of them. Let me talk to the other guys. See who's going to show up and. Played one by myself, and the rest, it was just building as we went. Yeah. Because you went through a bass transfer, then Klotz played with us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Open for you, because he was like, you got to have a bass player. And then I brought Eric Keys in, had a five-piece band come the end of it. That's right, yeah. I don't know. It all just kind of started falling into place to some degree. Even happens, though it was just man. a slapped-together band. But Dude, that's how it happens. Worked out great. Yeah. And even now, like... You know, it being down here, I would say if we were still up there, up in PA, you know, you're not going through as, life doesn't change as much up there than it does down here or has the potential to change. So like players, people, when you move down here, you don't know where, you have an idea of where you want your life to go, but you don't know necessarily have an idea that's going to go that way. So yeah, that's. Things can change a lot differently down here. I mean, everything's yeah. everything's kind of repetitive up there. I mean, you're doing all the same stuff for the most part. Yeah. You get some it, gigs that are a little more fun than others. It, the but truth, unless you're going and getting it, like, you got to go out of your way to... The truth is you have to be super... If you want to be successful up there, not that you can't, because you can. If anything that COVID's taught us is that you don't need to be in Nashville or LA. Oh, absolutely. You can be wherever the fuck you are, but you have to be super creative and more resilient on what you do because it's it's 
the reach down here in the connections obviously help you know in somewhat where if you're just doing it alone you're just you got to work almost double as hard yeah you know? for sure which is possible it is possible it's just a little harder sometimes it's just it's a different aspect down here you're yeah. just approaching it differently yeah very it's really true. all really all it comes down to it's still work you got you're, you're looking for the same result just getting there a different way taking yeah. a different road so it's it is what it is yeah if you like it you like it if you don't well go a different direction what's your goal like when you moved down here what were some of like your goals or like i want to do this or try to do this my main thing about coming down here is i am limited as a songwriter on my own and by myself mm. i'm also limited to find people that i could potentially write with in pennsylvania like that's only going to go so far because I'm going to be writing with people that are on the same level as me Very and, true. and haven't been around this atmosphere and continually writing with other people. Like, yeah, I could write with the same, you know, maybe 10 people up there if I could link that up. But, you know, everybody's an hour plus apart from who I'd be trying to write with. Yeah. Where here, you know, I can drive just a bit down the road and there it is. Talk to anyone and everyone. It's all right here. So I need to get better at what I'm doing because there's always someone that's better. I mean, dude, I just sat down and watched yeah. Bobby Pinson play last night at the local. Yeah. And I can't even tell you how many number ones that guy's written. But to just sit in a room and go to school. Yeah. Absolutely. That's for sure. There's not many places in Pennsylvania I'm going to sit in a room and go to school on, on some songwriting. Yeah. every You know, I try and think about wh how stuff down here would do up there like let's say we let's say somebody opened the bar open a bar in like i don't know lancaster all right and they were like i'm gonna have music from 10 a.m to fucking 2 a.m every day and you gotta think like how would that do let's say it's city it links let's just say downtown lancaster like next to Tellus or some shit yeah it'd have to be in one of those spots high traffic obviously yeah you gotta think like all right how would that do down here? You know, there's, you know, there's here's, here's what I think the difference is up there. Maybe I don't, it's, maybe this wouldn't be a difference. Tourism. Yeah. Tourism is, tourism is a difference. The amount of people I think, do you get heavy foot traffic during the day in Lancaster? Yeah. Not obviously as much as this, but I think somewhere like Lancaster, has a potential to make something like that happen. Oh yeah, you know, I think it, well, it, people know it's there too. Yeah, if you, I, I mean, people like Lancaster. People like the city. They like the things that are around it. It's oh, cold as sure. fuck sometimes, but you know, I think that would be, I think that would go well up there if they had like solo, 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 then band, 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 like every night, and you could find people to do it. I think that'd be a a pretty good success. Maybe I'm just talking out my ass because I really just don't know. But yeah, it's for sure different. It's very different down here, music-wise and appreciation. I mean, hey, if someone had the capital to do it, it'd definitely be worth a shot because the payout on that could be nice. Why? Well, what? There's not even that much capital. Like, if you, well, I mean, as far as like marketing a brand. You're saying for like a new bar up there or something? Like if you would yeah. create a place like that. Could be oh, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. In that aspect, yeah. Even if TELUS did it. 
I don't know if you saw what they did to like their front, but even if they mm-hmm. did that 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. or uh, however they stay right on the corner. Yeah, and just have their windows open, I'm pretty sure. And if they don't, they're stupid. They need to get those front fucking windows open. Yeah, you need to tell them that. Dude. We should call them right now. I don't want to because they they piss me the fuck off. They're stupid as fuck. (laughs) They're so stupid. I fucking... That's not true. I shouldn't shouldn't say that. They do piss me off. They're not stupid. It's just I didn't get what I wanted. What I thought could be really good. But... Well, I told them I was, I, yeah, I told them that I think country do really well there. And they're like, ah, this just not our scene. It's like, I thought your scene was making money. Like if you I wa- thought they had, don't they have like, it's on like Monday night though. Yeah. Like it's, who knows? <laughs> they, they do have some, uh, they do have some. What I want, like you know, underground people, like very, I don't know, Americana, like super Americana y people come through, okay. but not like they're they don't have somebody like a Hardy come through or you know, some, oh, I got you, I like got a, you. Li- a little harder country, like it's very like uh, almost like Tyler Childersy, but not as popular. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, once again, it works, it does stuff, but. I don't know. As a business, what do you want? You want to bring in as much clientele as you can. So if you know music is a big thing, a part of your business, like you might as well. Those people that are coming to see one type of show are going to die off. So you got to start getting into like different genres of music because new waves are coming every single day. Yeah. You know, and you're not always going to know what the new hottest thing is, but you can you can look at data and be like, oh, fucking country's getting off the chains now. Let's have another country night instead of another I'm sad as shit night, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think the closest thing they ever got there was that, what's his name, Michael Parsons? Aaron's brother? Kind of. That was a, this, yes, they had him. Yes, they had him. This, uh, this was an interesting time during there. I don't know what kind of deal he got because, man, I was like, I, they offered me one. And maybe they just didn't offer one as heavy, or maybe I was just like, we were so busy at that time, like with outside shows and trailer shows, yeah. That I was like, it's not worth it. I think they offered everybody five hundred dollars there, and they were like, yeah, they like five hundred dollars for the whole band. They're like, um, and you'll get like ten percent of tickets or something. It would have worked out if you sold out because they only had like forty seats, okay, or something like that. That if you if all the teats, seats got bought, um, you'd make out like maybe $700 or something like that. So I'm like, it just wasn't worth it for me. No. I, I, I totally understood, but I don't know. And then they just offered something about two months ago. I was like, I don't know. They're funny. They're, they're good. Yeah, I, 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 I had a couple things come in. Yeah. They're, just hey, like, they're successful on their own, right? So obviously they don't need me. Well, or yeah. Like, or like, you know, they're doing their own thing. That's, but. that's vice versa. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you play some country shows. And, you, yeah, we were talking about yeah. moving down here. Um, why else did you move down here? You said, I think, in the before before we went on a rant, you were talking about how you moved down here well, it was to, about songwriting. to get was, better was at the songwriting. Ma- it yeah. was the major, yeah. major point of it. 
you know, I would I wouldn't be able to to use the use the town for what it is. I mean, it's a massive hub for for connections and networking and that's true. And just being able to learn because there's a lot of stuff that people know that I don't that I can just go pick brains all day and add to my repertoire of things that can help me move forward. That's so that's plus, what this is about, man. Yeah. You know, and lastly, I just really wanted to get out of Pennsylvania, like real bad. I just didn't want to be there. It is crazy. I mean, the, I'm sh- I'm sure at different life points you you appreciate a place like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's a beautiful state. Yeah. It really is. And there is a lot of country in between the two cities that run that state. Yeah. You know, and they're much like anywhere. There are bad people and there are great people. Yeah. But I just did not want to be there. And it's nothing against anyone. It's nothing personal. I just didn't want to be there. You got to get out and see the world too, man. So moving moving is not a bad, moving is a first start in realizing how big this place, how big this fucking world is, man. Oh my God. I mean, I've been to quite a few places to see a lot of difference in in the way of life. Yep. I mean, it's, it differs from state to state and just think about, when you leave the country, how different it gets. Yeah, absolutely. How different, but also how very similar we all are. Like, we tend to want to, I mean, what's the easiest thing to do is just pick out, try and pick differences between people. But realistically, if you didn't know anything about anybody before coming into a conversation, you would know deep down that you're more similar to, than you're more similar than you are apart. You just... You want to live life, have fun, like have oh, a good yeah, life, absolutely. you know that type of shit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you want to laugh, you want to make memories. I didn't, but yeah, it's it's nice, nice down here. But yeah, I mean that's that's the basis of moving down here. It's just being able to use the town for what it's worth and get better at songwriting. Yeah, those are the key points of of what I'm trying to do because there's no sense in me trying to progress with something if I'm not going to do anything for growth. What's the point? Because then you're just going to sit here and beat your head through a wall doing the same stuff over and over again. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to be the definition of insanity. Yeah, and that's the truth. Lauren and I were just talking about it a, a little while ago. Relationship-wise, you know, we were talking, because some people like to hoard emotions. Like, just uh, just get over it. Like, I'm like, if you told a therapist that you constantly went through the same thing you're like i just forget about it shove it deep downside and you're like if you told a therapist that and they were like are you expecting a change they'd be like that's called insanity you know (laughs) what you're doing to yourself is literally going through insanity there's a lot of people that do it right they'll they'll be like why in anything in life why the fuck won't it change it's like well you didn't change anything about yourself or or your approach so that's a good idea to, you know, it's a good, smart way to think about it. Come, to, I mean, obviously it's Nashville. Some best songwriters in the world are here. Just watched an amazing yeah. one last night, man. That was mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, I'd say. He'd probably play all day too, man. Well, I guess he was, he just released um, a song called The Shave. He did play that last night, but he was doing 24 Honky Tonks in 24 hours. I saw that. And he was on number 17 when he came in there. That's hilarious. (laughs) So, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I'd say. I don't know. I don't know. Man, I don't know if I'd do that. 
No, running no. gunning that that guy is, man. All right, Tyler. Barrett. Gary. Here's a big question. Gary. Gary Schwartz. Gary. Gary. What is living the dream to you? I'm doing it. What is it? What I'm doing right now. What is it? Explain explain it. That's the question I ask everybody to try and get to know what when somebody says, Are you living the dream? You're like, Yeah. And you're just what what does it mean? What's something tangible? Just literally doing what I'm doing right now. I'm working on what I want for my life to try to turn it into an actual career, at least for a portion of time. But just being a part of that journey, I mean, that's living enough of a dream for me. I mean, I'm chasing what I want because there's other people out in the world that I'd rather not let someone else chase what I want for myself. I'll go chase it myself. So, I mean, if I'm on that journey of chasing my dream, well, I'm obviously living it. Whether it's good, great, bad, or worse, whatever it is, you know, I'm I'm in it for the long haul on it, so. So living the dream to Tyler Short is being able to chase the dream and just be a part of the journey of doing it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's good. You're always going to be chasing something at some point. If you achieve a goal, well, you got another one after that you're going to get to, so you're just going to keep running, man. There's a lot of people that come in with, with, you know, a few different answers. Some people... Some people talk about the 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 after reaching a certain goal. Some sure. people talk about sure. getting to a certain like a like once I get financially stable. A lot of people talk about stability in life uh, when they answer living the dream. Yeah, I'm far from that. And yeah, I, I until mean, someone straightens me out, I uh, probably ain't gonna be. <laughs> it's all it's all relative to like what you. You know that's that's the beauty of it. It's perspective and and what you think is supposed to, it should be appreciated in whatever you call the dream or whatever you're chasing. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's different aspects to it. Like, could the dream I'm living be better? Sure, could. Mm. But that's up to me to to make it better. What's better? Like the oh, the dream you're living could be better. Is that what you said? Yeah. There could be better aspects to it, but there could be better aspects to everything. So, you know. Yeah. Could be worse, too. At, damn yeah. right, it could. It exactly. has been worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's a... It's, you know, you probably get questions like this from people back home, too. They're like, oh, how's it... Like, they'll ask like about it. Like, how's it going? You're living the dream. You're doing this. You're doing uh, that. Yeah. And you're like... It's kind of like... Uh, kind of like uh reaching you you're you're giving certain things like a uh, different value than they actually have or like you you're more excited I should, I don't want to say value than they actually have but like let me give you an example I was so pumped to play the local last night cuz how many times have we been <laughs> yeah. like how many times have we went there and we saw so many great writers and you're like, this oh, yeah. is, the, it's probably the same as like, you know, the grand old robbery. How many people have played there? And you're just like, yep. fuck, I would like to do that. And then you do it and you're like, okay, here, here's where this, like, it's the journey, not the destination. Like you'll play, you'll play wherever. And probably while, when you play it, 
you're probably excited as shit, but like after you're like, that was just another show. It was just another, but the process, I think what you actually appreciate is what you have to do to get there. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I can't say that I always like it, but I enjoy being stressed out. Like to some mm. degree. I was even talking a little bit about this last night, some of it being at the local. Well, even Lauren said something to my buddy Colin. She's like, why do you put yourself through that stuff? Like, you're a glutton for punishment. He's doing like 75 days, uh, no drinking, and like, I guess they have like a certain diet, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is they're doing. 75 he, hard. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, and then he's also twice. doing yeah. the Mission 22 push-up challenge where it's like 2,200 push-ups a month or something. Yeah, it's 22 a day, really, I think. And then, so th- throughout that, you probably get to a good bit, right? 30, I don't know. I don't know. Never heard that. I don't know. 2, he said, I'm month. almost Damn. positive he said 2,200 for the month or something. Yeah. Whatever it was. But that's when Still she made insane. that yeah. glutton for punishment thing. And then she looked at me like, am I right? I'm like, you're talking to a guy that rides bulls. Yeah. Like, you don't think I'm a glutton for punishment? I played rugby. Yeah. I guess I like getting beat up. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Well, shit, man. Let's call this one. It's a pleasure to have you on here. And yeah. what, oh, like, yeah. what's next for Tyler? Like, what, what's your short goals, like immediate goals? My short immediate goal is after I leave here, I'm going to hook up with my pop. We're going to put the kayaks in the back of the truck and go fishing. Awesome. That sounds good. That's man. a short-term goal right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, shit, gone dude. fishing. Well, thanks for being on, man. Au revoir. <laughs>